Welcome to This Week in Sparkling Water. My name is Joachim Eriksson and I will be your host. This is part two of The Grapefruits, but first a brief intermission. Today's episode is brought to you by Charlie's Produce. This is a real company. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> At Charlie's Produce, they have been delivering fresh ideas and fresh produce for over 40 years. Shout out to uh, Rich, business analyst over there for hooking us up with the sponsorship. Um, Sorry, when I, I apologize. When I read nothingreallymatchers.com earlier, it just seemed so surreal. Maybe you haven't heard of it. No, I haven't. you're not an atheist. I didn't. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. And we're back. Okay, Coop, let's try the following three sparkling waters. You got LaCroix, you got Bubbly, and you got Waterloo. Okay, let's start with LaCroix. All right. The one that started it all. The one that started it all. Pomplemousse. Pomplemousse. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. You know, first time I ever, first time I ever had LaCroix, I was visiting my friend Carl Krause in uh, Chicago, and he um, introduced me to LaCroix, and he was like, mm-hmm. it's pronounced LaCroix because it's from the Midwest. That's what he told me. It's from the Midwest? Yeah, it's from the Midwest. It's like from Wisconsin or something. Seriously? Yeah. So let's try LaCroix, and let's try it with a new mind, okay? Let's pretend like it's the first time we're having LaCroix. Okay. What I- did you think LaCroix was from? Uh, I honestly, I never questioned it. Yeah, exactly. Did you think it was from France? <laughs> no, I never. California. I guess I never thought that, because there are better like sparkling waters out there, you know. Yeah, uh, but is there a more midwestern one? No. Okay, let's try it. Ah, yeah, that's that's correct. It's actually compared to the other ones now. It's actually kind of a middle of the road kind of thing. It is, yeah. But it's I, not that flavorful. That's why I like it so much, though. Because I think it's the most approachable one. Yeah, very drinkable. Mm-hmm. Like, that first time when yeah. I had LaCroix, mm-hmm. Carl and me walked down the street to the big grocery store down there in Chicago, mm-hmm. Mariano's. Okay. And we got, Classic. A, I'd say, a 12-pack. Have you ever heard of Mariano's? Mm-mm. Yeah, no, it's. I think it's just there. Uh, we got a 12-pack. He was going to work in the day, and I was just staying in his apartment, just kind of hanging out. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, you got to see Chicago. You got to do this. You got to do that. Yeah. I didn't do anything. I just hung out in his apartment. Nice. And I drank about 10 cans of LaCroix. Right on. And when he came back from work the next day, there was like one can of LaCroix left. <laughs> because you can drink a lot of this stuff, you know? Because you don't, you don't drink alcohol anymore either, right? Yeah, I don't drink alcohol anymore. I drank alcohol back then, but... But, yeah. I, you know, just there, I was almost refilling my cup of LaCroix, you know? Yeah, that's, that's like the redeeming quality about it. Yeah, like, you I can, think you, you can, can drink keep, it. Yeah, you can keep drinking it. Buble. Buble. What do you know about Buble? Uh, I know that I like the tops on it because they say clever things. Like, hey, you. Yeah, I like that. This one says, hey, you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I like the cans, too, because their marketing yeah. is, like, really clear and, like, simple and kind of fun. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's... This reminds me of the first one, to be honest with you. 
Okay. Very little smell. Big bubbles. Big bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. Very low key taste. Not great. Actually. No, you and there's kind of a metallic finish to it, to this one too. Yeah. I Yeah. Little bit metallic, but overall just like not that fresh, not that crisp. No, not as smooth either. Not that great. I, I mean, d- I don't want to keep drinking that one. Like, I want to keep drinking the Lacroix. I mean, I'm a sparkling water guy. You know, like I can. I can, I'll I drink metallic sparkling water all day, man. <laughs> I can give a f- <laughs> But I'm going to bleep that. I'm going to bleep my my use of the F word. Okay. Yeah. So that we don't get a mature rating on Apple Podcasts. Got it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's sparkling water. Mm-hmm. It's a five. Yeah. I was going to rate the LaCroix a 5 too, though. Ooh, yeah. controversial. Yeah, but for different reasons. Why? Because I think the LaCroix is like... It's almost too easy, you know? Like, you can keep drinking it because there's no originality or creativity there. Whereas, like, the marketing for Buble is, like, creative and original, but it doesn't taste good, and you don't want to keep drinking is it. Is it... So where is it marketed? No, I'm just look at the can, you know. Okay, I'm but you haven't about... seen print ads or anything, right? Uh, I have seen commercials. Oh, really? Like have... TV commercials? Yeah, like with Michael Bublé. They had like a camp ad campaign with him on it. He's drinking. A He's a singer. Yeah. What? Yeah. First I'm of all, you I'm watch surprised. television? No, I don't watch television. Uh, but like, I don't know. I saw it in passing somewhere. Or... Oh. You know, right, I, I don't have check cable TV. Yeah, I'm, check I'm surprised you haven't heard of it. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, there's a smiley face on the camera. Yeah, no, which but I it like. definitely tries, but I remember my first impression of it was clearly, like, that it just looked like shit. Mm-hmm. But then I slowly sort of started to understand that this is, this is seen as marketing. Like, this is seen as someone trying. Yeah. But this is shit to me. Yeah. I don't know. But I actually, segueing into the next one, I actually had the same impression of the next one. Okay. Waterloo, where I look at it and I thought it just looked so cheap. But then I realized this is actually, they actually put some effort in. Mm -hmm. It says legendary taste. Okay, so have you ever heard of Waterloo? I have not. Okay, smell it. I like the can already, though. (sighs) This is like that full body taste that I was reminded by the third one. The Talking Rain, yeah. The local one. Yeah. Strange. So this is kind of reminiscent of that one, but I think this one's a little bit better. Yeah. So what is grapefruit your flavor, favorite flavor? I mean, grapefruit is just the OG, you know? Okay. Grapefruit is just like the the LaCroix flavor that people love the most and mm-hmm. stuff. This one says something different on the can. It says vapor distilled carbonated water. Yeah, exactly. What does that mean? Exactly. Doesn't that try to sound fancy? I believe so. Yeah, I guess so. Vapor distilled. It also said says cold force carbonated. Yeah, exactly. I mean, vapor distilled is pretty pretty self explanatory, where you filtered it by by turning it into vapor. And um, I do like this one. This is my favorite one. I'm gonna give it an eight. Oh yeah, cold force carbonated. Mm-hmm. Like, sounds fancy. Yeah. Can I have some more? Vapor distilled water, true to fruit. Cold force carbonated. 
And then there's a bunch of small things down here. Fluoride-free, citric acid-free, no artificial, excuse me, sweetener, non-GMO, BPA-free. My favorite is that the, the, it's the Cascade Ice that says gluten-free. Yeah. Like, fucking idiots. There's marketing for you. (laughs) People are such idiots. Like, you're really trying to corner the idiot market there. Yeah, but this is also America, too. We're selling water in America. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, a segment of the market is now. No, Coop, you're not going to come on my podcast and talk shit about Americans. I'm not talking shit about Americans. I love Americans. I love America. Oh, it's so funny. It's just a very like crazy, ironic place. All right, and now our next segment is called Sparkling Water Myths. All right, I'm going to quiz you. Okay. Does sparkling water ruin the enamel on your teeth? Uh. I don't know. No, it doesn't. Huh. Yeah. People believe that, though. The anti-sparkling water lobby. Does sparkling water hydrate worse than water? No. (laughs) It's so funny. Because I call the segment myths. So the answer is no on all of them. (laughs) But Coop, you got to humor me, you know? (laughs) Of course, of course. Uh, Here's, Here's my one, though. Yeah. Does sparkling water give you bad breath? Have you ever experienced this? Mm-mm. Have I? Uh, have you ever noticed me having bad breath? Never have I noticed you having bad breath. Oh, uh, that's fine. That's good. My ex-wife frequently complained about me having bad breath. I think it's because I am, um, like, <clears throat> working in a restaurant. I would use um, these like Listerine breath strips. Mm-hmm. And it's like a little square of this plasticky sort of yeah. material. Yeah, my you... dad used to love those. Yeah, you put them on your tongue. Yeah. And they, like, dissolve, sort of. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've had them before. But they don't really dissolve. No, they kind of, like, melt, almost. Yeah, and then they kind of hang out. Yeah, yeah, because it's, like, weird, some kind of weird, uh, I don't want to call it gelatin, but... Yeah, it's pretty plasticky gelatin Yeah, whatever is holding it together has a weird texture to it. Yeah, and then when you take a, have a lot of them... You kind of get this coating on your tongue after a while. And then I think in the end they give you bad breath. But for a long time I thought it was the LaCroix giving me bad breath. Yeah. I guess sparkling water does have a scent though to it. Yeah. But I can't imagine like your mouth smelling like grapefruit after you drink. No, but like... flavored sparkling water. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of mystery around it because we don't Mm. know what we're drinking here. But... uh, That'll be the season finale. Okay. Figuring out what's in LaCroix. Yeah. Do you think it's a bad thing that the sparkling, big, big sparkling water isn't telling us what's in their beverages? You know, I have this other attitude that it's like, I never blame the corporations mm-hmm. because a corporation is just like water turning into a puddle, taking the shape of the ground. Mm-hmm. Like, you blame the ground for the shape of the puddle, meaning it, that yeah, it's like don't this hate the player, sort hate of the game. clunky metaphor. What I'm talking about is like I get it. If there is no law, someone should make it so that they have to say what's in there. Trust me, dude. If if it were up to me, I would. Think about food and beverages. Is like people are consuming this stuff, right? Right. We should have, like, full access to all the information about what we're putting inside of our bodies. 
Like, yes. I want to know what that natural flavoring is. Yes. I'm just surprised for allergen reasons that they're not obligated to say what's in there. Ooh, man, that talking rain is so real. <laughs> you love your sparkling water, man. Man, that thing is so... It's like... <laughs> it is like traveling to an actual grapefruit. Traveling to an actual grapefruit. It is like... Have you seen James and the Giant Peach? It's real present. No. It's about... What, what's that? It's about a kid that lives in a giant peach. But in this like case, that. it would be like a giant grapefruit. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You're <laughs> saying I should rename the podcast uh, Joey Kim and Giant Grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not gonna. Um, Coop, so you cook a lot? I do cook a lot, yeah. At home? At home. You got a good kitchen? It's a small kitchen. So what do you like to cook? A lot of different things. I'm... I cook like I cook a lot of pasta. I have been cooking a lot of pasta recently. Dude, I love pasta. Yeah, me too. Oh, man. Because it's like one of those things you can eat so often, you know, and not yeah. get bored of it. Yeah. And you can go super basic, mm-hmm. and you can go super complicated. Oh, yeah. Big time. And sometimes I like to really experiment with, like, man, I'm, I'm a huge carbonara guy. Mm-hmm. Like, back in Sweden, I... I think I was kind of depressed, but I got really into cooking. Mm-hmm. And I like this one day, I cooked carbonara like 20 times in one day. Because <laughs> I just wanted to get it perfect. Yeah, of because course. Because it's complicated, dude. It's spoken like a true chef. Like, But getting... it's also one of the simplest recipes yeah. in terms of ingredients. Absolutely. It's carbonara. Like four or five ingredients. Yeah, and that's, there are like, there's an argument on those, four, whether it's four or five, oh, yeah. you know? Exactly. But yeah. So how how was your final carbonara? Mike, I'm the pretty good one. at a carbonara. Yeah, I believe it. it. After cooking it twenty times in yeah. a day, <laughs> I mean it's kind of how you have to do it if you want to learn how to. But um, tell me about something you cooked recently. I actually cooked carbonara recently. Nice. Yeah, I got pancetta. Uh, got some pancetta. Uh, <clears> got <throat> some nice eggs from the grocery store. Um, some good butter. A little bit of pepper, grated parmesan, and that was that was it. Yeah. Kind of, it, you want to like mix it, make the two fats combine almost. Yeah. Two fats being the pork fat and the yolk. Oh yeah, yeah. And then the it kind of like, kind of also combines with the pasta to yeah. the yolk, and like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's yeah, like man. strands throughout. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. Back in Sweden, I knew this Italian guy who was the most pretentious person I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And he always talked about how the starchy spaghetti water, mm-hmm. he had this Italian word for it that I don't remember. Oh, I'm but sure the there's a word starchy for it. spaghetti water is yeah. like the most important part of all cooking. Yeah. And like keeping a little bit of the starchy spaghetti water. Yeah. Because you want the impression of it to be that there's no line between the spaghetti yeah and the yeah the rest of the dish yeah because you want it should be like it out yeah they should be combined that's why like it pisses me off to no end when i see like a plate and like the sauce is running all off of it and then the pasta is totally separate from it you know yeah like you can look at the plate and see it and no you want the pasta coated yeah like covered in sauce perfectly and that starchy water helps Bind it. Yeah. I fucking love pasta. Oh, I love pasta too, man. Is there anyone you admire in the restaurant world? Yeah. I, I admire my dad. He's in the oh, restaurant world. <laughs> that's nice, man. <laughs> that's real good. 
So what's your dad's restaurant? The Madison Diner, and it's a, it's a family-owned business. Is it like Americana Breakfast? Yep. Oh, really? That's it. Oh, baby. shit, that's the best, bro. <laughs> Dude, chicken fried steak? We don't have chicken fried steak on the menu. Pancakes? Got pancakes. Blueberry pancakes? Of course we have blueberry French pancakes. French toast? French toast. Scrambles? Scrambles. <laughs> scrambles and omelets? And omelets, yeah, yeah. And like lots of different variations of scrambles and omelets? Uh, there's, a, there's a few good options, yeah. I wouldn't say the menu is like 30 pages long, but you have options. The Madison Diner. Madison Diner. Yeah. In Los Angeles. No, on Bainbridge Island. Right, oh. right here in Seattle. Oh. Yep. But he used to have a restaurant in LA. No, my dad. Uh, this is my, my, my dad's first time running. Oh, but he worked in restaurants business. before. Yeah, he's been in the restaurant business his whole life, pretty much. Okay. Madison Diner in Bainbridge. Yeah, you should definitely check it out. So we should go sometime. We have to go. There. Yeah, definitely. Other question. Coop. Yeah. What's your earliest memory my earliest memory what's the really early memories some of them are like invented from people's tell you stories about what happened to you and some of it is like you don't really know how to date early things but like what do you think is your earliest memory i for sure had have memories of when i was a toddler wow and i think they're both like recollections of what people told me but also like i think it must, like, activate some part of your brain, and you can kind of, like, open that up. Because you were there, and you experienced it, right? So why wouldn't you be able to remember it? Well, then it's then it's kind of a mesh, a, a mix like of a both. real yeah. and constructed. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that's how yeah. our mind, minds work in yes. some way. I think wanting something purely yours yeah. is a little bit um, idealistic. Yeah. That. Because so, I have a memory of uh, my family, we would take trips down to the beach during the summer for like a week or two, and I have a memory of like, there was a ferry there, and we crossed the ferry, and I was like on my grandpa's lap, you know? Yeah. But I also have like a picture of that memory as well. Yeah, see. So I can like remember being there, but I can also like, I also piece it together from the picture. Any memory where it's you remember something super arbitrary that no one would ever tell you about, mm -hmm. you know that it's yours. Yeah. I think my earliest real, real me memory is not like a story or anything like that. It's mm -hmm. just sort of the shape in the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because now you're like, one of my earliest memories when you, when you say that is... Uh, growing up in my grandmother's house at night, I would be laying in bed, but the blinds, as uh, a car passed by at night, yeah, the light would shine through the blinds, and the I can remember the light kind of like passing over the ceiling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like no one would tell you that. Like no, that's not a constructive memory from a story. But I remember that. Yeah. And I was really young. I don't know how old I yeah. was. And, like, I think my youngest memory is, and I know I was uh, younger than four because we moved from Malmo when I was four and my sister was born, is laying in my bedroom in Malmo. And the ceiling was, like, really weird angles because uh -huh. it was, like, a side room on the top floor. 
So yeah. it's like a slanted ceiling on one half, but there's a window in the slanted part. Sure. So it's all these weird angles in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And my mind is trying to like think of how a ball would bounce mm-hmm. in all those angles. And it's like, no one's going to tell me that we had a weird yeah. ceiling. Yeah. But I have a constructed memory that's more like a story of like when I was really young living in that apartment. Mm-hmm. I came out one morning and I had this little plastic tractor that I would drove around on the inner courtyard and my dad had gone golfing and he forgot his like knäckebröd, it's like this hard bread that we have in Sweden. Cool, yeah. So it's like he forgot his sandwiches on my guy. Bröd. Bröd. Means bread. (laughs) Yeah. Knäcke. It's like everything in Swedish maybe is an onomatopoeia. Yeah. Knäcke is like the sound when you break it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he forgot his knäckebröd on my plastic tractor and, um, <clears throat> you know, uh-huh. and it's like, I don't fucking remember eating that, but yeah, people told me that story. So I've reconstructed that memory. So, mm-hmm. and then that sort of meshed together with like images in my mind of that courtyard and stuff. So I think I remember it, but mm-hmm. rationally, I'm pretty sure that I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Have you ever been in a physical fight? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. It, it wasn't a very good fight. It was like in freshman year of high school. These girls got me and this guy to fight because she told me that he was like messing with them and she knew I would like do something about it. So then we we had a fight Ooh. and then everyone like 30 people, I don't know, maybe not 30 people, but like the whole friend group and like a bunch of people followed me and this kid. And also my friend was going to fight another guy. So it was like two fights were gonna happen. We there was walked. a second card. Yeah, we <laughs> we went down to the park, and then like my buddy and the guy he was gonna fight went first, and they were these like really they were much bigger than all of us. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like it was cool to that see. That seems like they were the headliners, though. They were kind of the headliners. Yeah, but like I don't I don't remember. I he it wasn't like the main show either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, my, Damn, man. A, anyway, my fr- my buddy kind of beat the crap out of this guy. It was a good fight. But then when I fought the other kid, it was like we were like all rolling all over the floor. Like he had me, he had his arm around my face like this, like where my mouth was on his arm, and then I was like wailing him in the head. So I like had hit this guy in the head like ten or fifteen times, and like someone pulled him off me because like the cops were there. So then we all had to like run and. Oh. And hide, yeah. Right. And it was like three minutes and it was it was over. I don't really... So this is like a bare knuckle, no rules situation. Yeah, but, but we were still... also like 12 or 13 and like didn't know right. what the fuck we were doing. But neither party is bullying the other party? Not really. It just sounds... So these girls were bad news? They made something up? Or did uh, he really... No, I don't think it was all made up. <clears throat> I think it was a lot of hormones and emotions and... Right. That was how we expressed it. That's weird, man. Yeah. I haven't... I, I got headbutted once. In the face? In the face, yeah. Damn. <laughs> like your nose? Yeah, straight up. This yeah. guy, like, we were at a bar, and one of my other friends had gotten in a fight with some guy, and I, like, pointed the guy out. I was like, you're the guy that fucking hit my friend in the face. And he was like, no, that wasn't me. I swear on my nephew. And I was like, you don't have a fucking nephew. And then he was riding a bike, riding by. He dropped the bike, walked up to me, and just headbutted me in the face and walked away. Wait, you were yelling at him when he was on his bike that yeah. he didn't have a nephew? 
Yeah, because he was the guy that, like, punched my friend yeah. in the face, and he was lying to me about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... So I called fuck. him out. He yeah. was, um... Yeah, and it was, like... Threw his bike... It was, like, a surprise attack, too. I didn't know that he was gonna headbutt me. I thought headbutt he was just, like, trying... like, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. You, you keep a track of people's hands if they're gonna hit you, and then... Yeah. Suddenly, it's like the most aggressive animalistic thing a person can do. Yeah, because it's also like taking you don't the, know it's coming. Yeah, but you're when you headbutt someone, you're taking the case that you keep your brain in. Mm-hmm. And you're using that as a weapon. <laughs> like it is so fucking brutal. <laughs> like it is the most brutal thing you can do. Like yeah. it's the most caution to the wind. So do you think he really had a nephew, and that I, like I really insulted him, or was he just no. like? No, I mean, I don't have a lot of information about the story, <laughs> but I think he was probably crazy. Yeah, I think so, too. We, like, made up, too. We we tracked him down at another bar later on in the night, and we, like, made amends, and we're cool. Did you hear what Eric Bond said about us on the podcast? Yeah, I, I watched the podcast, or listened to the podcast. You listened to the whole thing? I listened to the whole thing. Okay. What did you think of it? I was offended. Okay. We should pull it up and respond to it. Okay. Oh, shit. I almost poured sparkling water on my computer. I guess on a long enough timeline, if you have a sparkling water podcast, you're going to pour sparkling water over the equipment. Welcome back to the Seattle Kitchen <laughs> Show it's, on Cairo Radio. It's time to celebrate the Lunar New Year. We have Eric Bond here from Monsoon Restaurant and Babar. Uh, oh, well, who knows how many you have since I last talked to you. When I last talked to you, you had... U Village, uh, South Lake Union, and Capitol Hill. Well, how many more do you have now? That's it, Tom. That's it. <laughs> and Mons- Mons- the, uh, as you know, kitchen staff and front of the house staff is a real issue in Seattle for the past couple of years. So yeah. it's, ha- it's hard to open new places and a customer, uh, the client, he the, laughs. The workers coming in. Mm-hmm. At least he laughs. So uh, well, yeah. he, he tries to give it some levity because mm-hmm. he's trying to hang out and be fun. And I think the other guy there with is trying to like cover for him too. Yeah, but do you think it's true that it's a big issue in Seattle to find good people? I don't know what the issue is. I I know there are issues, and I know that finding experienced employees is tough. I firmly believe that eighty ninety percent of restaurants in Seattle are losing money. Mm-hmm. I think most restaurants are losing money. I think. A couple of top tier ones make money, and I think a lot of little corner places, like a little teriyaki place, mm-hmm. it's just a business. They're not trying to do anything special. Mm. They have really low costs. They get a good lease. Those places can make money, and it's like there's just someone. The people just have a salary, and yep. Like, but restaurant restaurants all lose money, and anyone that's like trying to do something interesting, they're all losing money. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it's because it's so expensive to run a restaurant in Seattle. It's just, it's offensive to me that Eric Bon, when asked why he doesn't have any more restaurants, the first thing he goes to is that his people are shit. Yeah. But he didn't say that. He was like... <laughs> no, that's what he said. He said it euphemistically, but that's what he yeah, said. Well... He says that all of his time and effort and money is being consumed by trying to stave off this like avalanche of terrible people and terrible mm-hmm. decisions from his employees like that's what he's saying he's saying that it's an issue I don't know why Eric said what he said <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really don't 
and I, I'm not gonna like talk bad about the guy that owns the business I'm working at. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny. <laughs> All I know is that when I show up to Babar, I can like, I can work my hardest, right? Yeah. And I can help out the people that don't have as much experience as me, right? So like our new essays. Now that I've like. I was able to work my way up because yeah. essays were able to come in behind me and kind of like yeah. take my position. Essays being support staff. It's a yeah. It's a term I have actually never heard before starting at Babar, but mm-hmm. everyone at Babar says it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a cultural thing too. Yeah. Because you're not just a buster or a host or whatever it yeah. is your position is. We need like essays. Ideally, should be able. What to, we're saying is to the do Spanish everything. word for dude, right? Yeah, but it's server assistant, so it's yeah. like S-A. Oh! Literally. Like oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, I didn't get that. Which is why I, I would, asked. I would call you my homies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was like S-A. No. Like the Spanish word <laughs> no. for dude. No. No, no it's S-A. Because assistant. like some of the people use it like that. Hey, come on, S-A. The people do what people use it like that. I don't want to call anyone out. <laughs> I I don't want it to be one of these podcasts where you don't call people out. But I don't want to call anyone out right now. I take yeah. pride in my work. You know, no, no. I mean, I'll. And this is not just because Eric Von signs my paychecks and I work there and everything. But I mm-hmm. think it's a good restaurant, actually. I think so too. I think the food is good. Mm-hmm. I think for keeping it that big. Like that many tables, we keep the quality up on each plate. I mm-hmm. think we give good service, and I like the people there. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to come back for another episode of uh, this week in sparkling water? I would love to do another episode. Good, sounds good. Okay, looking forward to it. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on the podcast, Coop. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. So uh, that's it for today, folks. We will uh, see you again next week. Thank you for listening to this week in sparkling water. That was The Grapefruits from LaCroix, Bubbly, and Waterloo. And now for our closing segment, Sparkling Water, Sparkling Mind. First, I would like you to gently close your eyes and check in with yourself. Is there a feeling tone coloring your experience right now? Do you feel good? Do you feel bad? For a moment, I would like you to observe your own feelings and avoid any judgment. Instead, Is there perhaps something that you could do for yourself in this moment? Should you have a cup of tea? Should you take a walk and spend some time in silence? Should you start really taking care of yourself? Thank you. You mind if I use the bathroom before I go?